For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. We're really happy that you're able to join us here today as we get set to talk about the Titans' 46-25 victory over the Detroit Lions. And the game was a lot of fun, high-scoring affair. But before Denard and I break that down, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. The NFL season, we're almost, we're almost getting to the end of it. But hey, for right now, we're still in full swing. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Just to kind of go off that, I did get to attend the game today in Nissan Stadium. It was a blast. I had a lot of fun. But as a, a betting nugget, I was able to get in on the Titans minus nine. They covered that with ease. So it's good to see that happening. But from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Denarda, I had a blast today. It was one of those to where it's always good to get to see points scored. And so the Titans certainly did a lot of that. And so as we get ready to break this game down, my initial reaction was it was a good game in all three phases of the game, talking offense, defense, and special teams. But when you take a step back and you look at this game, just give me your general thoughts. How are you feeling right now? Well, first of all, I felt great watching this game today because this was a total team performance. Um, And what I mean by that is in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, they played today lights out. I think Coach Vrabel said it best, and I'm just quoting him Uh, quoting him verbatim when he said we had all three phases clicking today so when your head coach can basically come out to the media and he says that about his team then you know like ice cube said today was a good day so man it was fun (laughs) watching him put up 46 points today Uh, it was exciting watching this game and i just love when this team when they play together i love when they come out i said it last week if this team comes out uh, in the first series of the game, that's where they set the tone. They usually end the game in the same fashion. And so I will just say this is congratulations to the Titans team because this is the first time in 12 years since 2008 that this team has had a 10-win season. Double so congratulations. digits. This is, yeah, double digits, baby. Enjoy it. Enjoy this time. It feels good. I mean, uh, we were riding that 9-7 and seven high for about four years. So, And uh, you, you remember during the – show I guess predicting what we thought would happen I was like heck might as well just ride with nine and seven but no they've uh, exceeded my expectations and I'm happy to see it it is still a battle for the AFC South that has not been clinched yet nor has a playoff spot but uh, things are looking good for the Titans right now and Denard I mean 
we said it, like Titans were able to put up 46 points on the Lions. I know the Lions have kind of been struggling as of late, but this is the, uh, gosh, let me, like, I, I got to count one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight games of scoring over 30 points. So this offense is rolling, and I know we're going to talk more about the the Green Bay game coming up later in the week, and it'll be an opportunity for the Titans to sweep the NFC North. But with this win over the Lions, obviously the offense looked really well. The defense, for the most part, did good. I mean, because if I'm thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you feel pretty good about the Titans' chances if, let's say, they're able to hold Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay defense to 20, or that Green Bay offense to 25 points? Yeah, but I hope that they will hold them a little lower than that at 14. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 mean, I would hope that, that too, but yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, but are we talking about it? Saying, but you know when. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, we talk about that 30-point number, and so it's like anytime you tell me that defense can hold someone under 30, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Well, you know what? That was the mentality in the Broncos in the mid-'90s. Unfortunately, see, this is what happened. So they got so used to, when I first got to Denver, is having a high-powered offense that would put up about 35, you know, points a game. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. And so they had a defense that was given up somewhere between 30. So a lot of their games um, in the old days, I like to call the mid-90s, this is when John Elway was there winning all those Super Bowls in the mid-90s, is they rely too much on their offense. And that's not good because that sometimes will become your Achilles heel is your defense. And that's what happened in Denver. They were always from a stat uh, situation. Their defense was always in the bottom uh, pretty much in the bottom half of the league, and that's not good. And so sometimes that can end up hurting you at the end of the day. Luckily, they had a guy by the name of John Elway that carried that organization for so long. So what you want to do is to make sure that you have all phases of your team showing up each week, uh, day in and day out, because what you don't want is to rely on this team, you know, putting up some 35 or 40 points a game. That's not going to happen. And this is where this team actually gets in trouble when the offense don't generate a lot of points. And so what you also what you want to do is to make sure on the defensive side of the ball, do what we used to do when I played for Tennessee. Greg Williams used to always say this, don't rely on the offense, play for the defense, which means our goal is to basically hold the team to 14 points and less. So if we can do 14 points, anything more than 14 points, then we feel like we've given that other team, the opponent, a chance to win. And so that was our mentality. And that's one of the reasons why we were 13 and three, 26 and six for two years is because on the defensive side of the ball, that was our goal. So that's what I would like for this team to do is don't rely on this offensive unit and putting up big numbers uh, each week because that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Denard, I guess to give you a little bit of a homework to answer your question, obviously you're putting that 14 point number out there. And again, don't answer it now. We'll talk about this later in the week. But what will it take for the Titans to hold that Green Bay offense to only 14 points whenever they play on Sunday night football next week? But for well, for I haven't now, had it. Yeah, I feel you. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying just yeah, just that's I, I'll be yeah. happy to hear your answer on that, and I'm sure the okay, audience will good. as well because that's that's one of those <laughs> things, man. It's uh, it's going to be tough to stop stop Aaron Rodgers just because he's he's done so well. But I mean. I know the Titans, whenever you look at this, the, the big thing for me was the Titans were able to get turnovers in critical moments of the game. Uh, I know Will Compton 
uh, from at least from my, my vantage point, it looked as though he forced the fumble and also recovered the fumble. That's kind of how they called it in the stadium. So if I'm wrong on that, please correct me. But Titans were able to force three turnovers, and they had zero except the safety, if you want to count that as a turnover. Um, that that was frustrating. We can talk about that here in a second. But, yeah, the Titans were able to, one, Kevin Byard got his first interception of the season. He had been kind of searching for that. And then there were two fumbles. Uh, one was by TJ Hawkinson kind of diving to stretch out for the first down and ball came loose before his knees hit. And the other, as I kind of mentioned, Will Compton kind of close to a, a goal line stand there. Titans were able to recover and stop the Lions from scoring there. So that was great. We're also in a situation, Denard, you, you've talked about it, but just being super efficient whenever the Titans are on offense. And I'm looking at it right now. Titans were 5-5 five of five in the red zone on attempts and getting into the end zone. So that's what they did last year. You didn't really have to rely on the kicker that much, but Goskowski was able to convert all of his attempts today. So another good sign to see that that issue is not as big of an issue as I was hoping. He was 5 of 5 for extra points, and he had one field goal of a long of 38. So good to see that. And the the thing I'm, I'm wanting to see moving forward, obviously – we're talking about it's just a been a really good performance for the team. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, very efficient, 21 of 27, 273 yards, and had three touchdowns on the day. Only took one sack. Obviously, that one sack was a fumble, uh, or a safety, sorry. But big Derrick Henry, he just keeps at it. 24 carries, 147 yards, and he had a touchdown. Uh, for those wondering what is it going to take for him to get to the 2,000-yard mark, he'll need to average – 160.5 for the remaining two games to reach that. So a little bit of a stretch, but we've seen him rush for over 200 yards on the Texans before, so anything's possible, especially once that weather, obviously with the Texans, they'll be playing inside. But for Green Bay, cold weather, maybe those boys aren't going to want to hit them. But it's uh, it's definitely a good thing to, to see where we're at. Denard, I'm going to give you credit because your X factor before the season started has been the one guy that I think has helped elevate this offense to the next level. So here, I will say I'm happy, but at the same time, I'm not happy. Do you want to know why I'm I'm happy and I'm not happy with Corey Davis right now? Tell me why you're not happy. I'm not happy because he's playing so well, we're not going to be able to resign him. Oh, wow. we, talked about <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that earlier uh, in our podcast. I said not only... Um, is it, I truly believe this guy was going to be the X factor this year. That is coming. That has basically we've watched that happen. Uh, secondly, they didn't pick up his fifth year option, and I told you if he goes out there and ball out, it's going to put this organization in a very tight bond because there's 31 other teams that's basically looking for a quality number one starter like Corey. So yeah. basically, what has happened is he's put himself in position to be a very rich man. Yes, uh, I, I still stand by my take for not picking up that option because even though he is playing well, I would not consider him a top five wide receiver, which is the money you would have to pay him uh, for that one-year deal. Obviously, the big issue for the Titans right now is what are they going to do at the edge rusher position after, during the uh, during during the draft or the offseason? How are they going to address that? Because that is my concern, and, and Denard, I kind of wanted to talk about that Titans weren't really able to get much pressure on Matthew Stafford today. Uh, from from my van vantage, it seemed as though he had as much time in the pocket as he really wanted. There were a few times he got flustered. Um, 
I don't think they technically counted that one play by Tierra Tart as a sack, seeing as Stafford fumbled it and then was able to corral it, obviously took a hit. But again, the Titans and their defense, whenever it comes to getting that pressure, is is there anything that you've seen and the, should they try to blitz more? I mean, is is it just going with the front four, not getting enough pressure? How, how, what's your take on the matter? No, no listen, and I tell people all the, I tell people this all the time. I said, listen to me. And one of the things I I've always always do is I'm, I'm real quiet and I listen. And I listen to the people that have been a part of this game, that you know has played this game for a long time, that has coached this game. And so what you learn from them is you learn a lot of knowledge. And one thing a great coach used to tell me all the time. And he would tell our defensive unit all the time, he says, listen, just like you guys get paid, those guys that you play against in the different color jerseys and the different helmets, they get paid as well. Okay. When they show up to that stadium, there's an expectation that 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 organization is not there or not, excuse me, not, they're not at your stadium basically to show up. They're there to win. Okay. So they're going to make plays as well. So I think a lot of times what we as fans and as broadcasters, we have this expectations like, you know, like on third down. Yeah, it is an issue. Of course, you would like them to be better on third down because as long as if a team is not getting off the field, that means the opposing team is able to sustain drives, which basically enables that unit to score more points. That's the purpose of why you play the game. The problem is is you got to understand that sometimes there's things that actually would beat the defense, okay? So the way that they're playing right now, it is a conservative approach. And the reason I say this is if you look at this game, you saw Matthew Stafford, he basically did a lot of checkdowns today. So what a lot of people don't understand is when you have to do, when a quarterback has to check down about 30% of the time, that means that the opposing team is taking away their deep threats or what they really want to do. So he has to go to his third option. Today we saw DeAndre Swift basically about five or six times he was throwing those checkdown passes, and that's where a lot of their yards were coming from. That is a win for the defense because that means that typically a quarterback has about three reads, but he only has about what two about two to five seconds that he needs to get rid of that ball. And we saw that today. Basically, Matthew was patting the ball a few times because his first read was taken away. His second read was taken away. So we saw him uh, basically hit the checkdowns to DeAndre Swift. That is something that people don't see. So anytime you see a quarterback having to basically just dump the ball off, that's something that nine times out of ten they don't want to do. So, again, that is a win for the defense. And so we don't see those kind of things. And I thought the Titans did a really great job in taking away the explosive plays other than the pass that Marvin caught that deep post route on Malcolm. That really was the only big play that they had all day. Yeah, they're they're I mean their number one option for majority of the game was to get the ball to Marvin Jones Jr. He had twelve targets, ten interceptions, 112 yards and that one touchdown early on there for the Lions. So I mean outside of him, they were I guess trying to move the ball around, make sure they had several people touch it, but obviously based off pure numbers, he was their their main focus and just kind of watching the progressions, it seemed as though that's where Stafford wanted to look and that's where he felt the most comfortable was with going to Marvin Jones because they have that trust in uh, 
the the other's going to bail the other out if something bad happens. Denard, for the Titans, I, I guess as we're starting to, to move forward, I know we've kind of been recapping this game. Third downs, I thought the Titans did a great job on offense. They were 9 of 11, and we've talked about they just had a, a very efficient game all around. Uh, defense did a little bit better on third down, 7 to 12. Still not ideal, but hey, um, it, fortunately for this one, it didn't really matter. What, what from this game, outside of the getting pressure on the quarterback, do you need to see from the Titans to kind of help them continue to make this strong run into the playoffs and then be successful once they get to the playoffs? Well, just continue to improve in the areas that you feel like you have a weakness in. So again, third down, is it an issue? Yes, but you got to understand today, Detroit, about half of their third downs basically that they converted on was third and short. So typically when you're third and two, you should get those. I mean, I'll be honest with you that it's hard to, to stop a third and short. Okay, the National Football League, because those, but they, when they put them in third and long, and you saw the Titans were able to get off the fifth one to seven in the second quarter. It was 419 left in the half. This is where, this is what I like about this unit. Now, you remember it was third and goal. We're going to talk about that play that you alluded to earlier about Will Compton. Basically, it wasn't Will that caused that fumble. It was the big man. And I want to give him a shout out. Daquan Jones is the one that made that play on DeAndre Swift on that third and goal. That was a huge play by Daquan because what people let me break this down for you. Right. So I saw this play and I was yeah, breaking go, it go down for it. Earlier. Go for it. Because I. OK, I mean, so check I this out. OK, I see right, here well. I go. And I wish people can see me right there. So the guard on that play, number 76, Ode Abushi, what happened was Daquan actually beat him. He slipped him. So when Daquan, Daquan was able to slip that block from Obushi, what happened was DeAndre basically had a touchdown. Unfortunately, he saw the big 300-pounder. And, of course, I play running back before. When I see a defensive lineman straight on, the last thing I'm thinking about is trying to run through a guy that big. So what it did is it, it, it caused DeAndre to jump over. He didn't really want to hurdle. He thought he was going to get through that hole. What happened was Daquan had made – he had beat the guard. So when he slips and beat the guard, what DeAndre did was he said, the only way that I can get to the end zone is I got to dive over him. So when he tried to dive over Daquan, Daquan had a perfect hit. Literally, he wrapped him up and the ball – he hit him so good right in the middle, right where that ball is, is where you tell your defensive lineman to wrap up. So he hit him so good that the ball ended up popping out and it was recovered by Will Compton, made a great play. So basically that was caused by Daquan, uh, I'm sorry, Daquan Jones. That was a heck of a play because that's what you call a momentum changer. That's a game changer. When you're third and goal, that's demoralizing to the Lions. That's demoralizing to any team to be right there on the goal line and to fumble. And you know what? You're not going to win like that. But if you're a defensive unit, that will galvanize your offense. And that's exactly what happened. Because guess what? They came back and did what? Well, they came back and got a safety right there. There you go. They came back and got a safety, a lot. But Tennessee, what did they do? They kept responding when there was adversity. That's what this team does is when something goes bad and – they they find a way to respond in big moments. And that's a play where they actually responded. And that's when you know a team, for the most part, that they got a great chance at winning 
when you face adversity, which is going to happen at some part of the game, how will you respond to it? They responded as well as I've seen any team, uh, you know, respond to adversity. So I was glad to see that. So I really wanted to say shout out to the defense. And I know we talked about the the uh, the safety in the end zone. That was just Dan Quesenberry. Basically, he went to go trying to, to block uh, and that just you can't do that because basically that could have been lights out for the Titans because that was a clean shot on Ryan. And when he went to go trying to cut the guy, uh, it was Aguara. Um, o- 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 I saw that play in the end zone. He just over, he leaped in and you saw Dan's reaction when he was getting ready to go hit him like, oh, boy, please don't get a clean. He got a clean shot, but luckily Ryan got up. But again, that's what this team was able to do today, even when things went wrong. They, they found a way to fight out of those situations, and that's really what propelled this team uh, winning this game today. Well, it was definitely a big win because this game right here allows the Titans to continue to control their own destiny whenever it comes to winning the AFC South. Uh, right now, the Titans set at 10-4 and alongside the Indianapolis Colts. Also at 10-4, and Indy finishes off the season with two games, one against Pittsburgh and the other against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for the Titans, obviously Green Bay next weekend and the following weekend on the road at Houston. Both those games are actually road games for the Titans. Um, so it'll it'll be intriguing to keep up with that matchup. So far in the AFC, only three teams have punched their tickets. So far, you have Kansas City clinching the AFC West. Pittsburgh has a playoff berth clinched, but they still have a battle with the Cleveland Browns for supremacy in the NFC North, or sorry, the AFC North, and then Buffalo in the AFC East. It looks as though uh, with the Patriots falling today, they will be able to clinch that division. Now, Denard, real quickly, um, Titans fans might be curious. The Jets somehow got a win today over the Rams. I didn't get to see that. So now the Jacksonville Jaguars have the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. As of right now. So, if you were hoping that Jacksonville did not get Trevor Lawrence, or if you're Denard, Mac Jones. Say it. Um, Say it again, please. If you're Denard, Denard wants Mac Jones to go to the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, which, again, I would actually rather that happen. I would, I would much rather that happen than Trevor Lawrence going there. Uh, but hopefully the Jags find a way to win one of their last two games. I mean, they got the Bears and the Colts. It is possible the Bears still technically playing. They've not been eliminated from the playoffs. So that NFC, not as good as the AFC for sure. So some lower, I guess, teams with lower amounts of wins will have an opportunity there. And we will be here to discuss the Green Bay game coming up on Sunday night. That one's going to be crazy. Denard will have to figure out how we're going to record that one because I really don't want to do a record session at 2 a.m., um, <laughs> but, uh, you will be by yourself. You going to be asleep at 2 a.m. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you're not, you're not a night, night out, Denard. I'm 47 years old, Davey. I can't stay up at no 2 a.m. <laughs> My bedtime is at 11. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe if it's such an incredible game, you, you might just be wide awake. Hopefully that's the case. That'll be a good sight for Titans fans to win a meaningful football game against a powerhouse like the Green Bay Packers right now, because as of right now, the Green Bay is the one seed in the NFC. So 
it will be pro- I, I don't know they'll probably talk about this I'm just spouting this off now this is probably the biggest Sunday night football game as far as teams with the this amount of wins at this part in the season and the NFL and I couldn't tell you how long they'll probably end up putting some stat out about that come Sunday night but either way whew, Denard before we close up on talking about the Lions game obviously great win for the Titans it's really good to one be able to put up that many points and then two just at the end it's not much of a of a fight for the Lions uh, and whenever your team covers for the hometown fans it always makes things nicer so any closing thoughts as we move on from talking about the Lions and get ready to put our sights on the Green Bay Packers yes I would like to say this is also to coach Craig Ackerman special teams unit I want to give a big shout out to Nick Westbrook Ikine and that punt return unit because that was a huge stop in the fourth quarter when they was able to stop the Lions on that fake punt. I think when you're talking about all phases clicking, that was a huge play because that led to AJ scoring on the next drive. Okay, so I want to shout out to the special teams unit. I would like to also say this is listen, in 55 seasons, between Oilers and Slash Titans. This is an organization, unfortunately, that has never won a championship, okay? A championship has eluded this organization for 55 seasons. And what they got to, we got to Nashville in 1997. So for nearly 25 years, my math serves me correctly, 24 years, um, we were close in 1999. And that was a team that finished the regular season 13 and three. And I will say this, that this is the year that something special. uh, I see it brewing. I see something special in this team. Um, What they have to do is to continue to understand that their DNA is about being rough, playing gritty, and playing together and developing that cohesiveness among uh, each group in each phase. And when they can do that, this is a tough team to beat. And the way that they play today, on the, I mean, look at the offense. We talked about that earlier in some of our, some of our uh, previous podcasts, is when this team comes out and they set the tone on usually the first two series, we can typically tell what we're going to get from this team. When they're flat, they're flat. But when they're on, they're on. You got to understand, they scored on their first three drops. You know, Derek started it off with that pitch to the left, but all of those gritty runs that he had, then Ryan and then Corey, I mean, they were just clicking the day. And so when this team plays together and when Coach Arthur Smith, when he calls that old school style, if you look at this game today, what I'll tell people all the time, if you don't know anything about formations, Go look at when Corey scored on that 75-yard bomb. That was called an I-formation. It's where you have two backs in the backfield, and it's just a balanced set, and they line up in the I. It's the old USC formations. It was really the Trojans just to run that with O.J. Simpson, Marcus Allen, Charles White. It's an old-school approach to the game. You don't really see uh, that much. You see it in a league, not that much. You don't see it in college because of the spread offenses now and these zone reads. But when this team goes old school and when Coach Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator, he calls that old school type of game, which means 
he basically says, listen, this is what we're going to run. If you can't stop it, then we're just going to continue to do it. That's what they did today. It was basically a mirror image or identical is what they the way they played last week. They just lined up and just punched Jacksonville in the mouth last week. And that's exactly what they did today to this Detroit team. If they want to get past Kansas City and go to the Super Bowl, that's the way they're going to have to play uh, the Chiefs this year. You got to line up and go get them. Because if you try to be pretty with this team, this is not a team that's uh, supermodels. Mm-mm. They're not supermodels, David. They're not male models or, 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 you know, these, this group is a, what I call like dirty birds. You know, they play ugly. And when they play ugly, this is when this team wins and they win big. So I hope they carry this into the playoffs because this is what's going to get them through and get them to uh, Tampa and being, play- and being able to play and represent the AFC in this year's Super Bowl. I'm with you, Denard. This isn't a team to where particularly their offense, that it doesn't come around very often. This is one of the most efficient offenses I've ever watched as a fan of the Tennessee Titans, probably the most efficient. And the ball, they have really just been firing on all cylinders, and I hope that they're able to kind of continue that going forward because they're going to need that. With They're, they're going to have to help out that defense some, but the defense is getting healthier, so that's a good thing. They get to see Adoree Jackson out there today, so having him back was a huge help. Uh, I don't... I'll be interested to see what his snap count was. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the week because uh, I felt like they had him out there for more on third down type situations, yeah. but I thought he did a good job in coverage for, for the most part. So I'll be able to di- dissect that film a little bit more uh, now that I'm back home. But it was a fun atmosphere today, even though they were only allowing 20 21% capacity in there. It was really cool to just get to be in Nissan Stadium and experience the team firsthand this year because it's it's been a, a good team to watch and it's just been fun and not everybody that uh enjoys watching football gets to watch a team that is able to do things like the titans are currently doing but that is going to wrap it up for us today denard man I, as always i appreciate you being here enjoy talking with you and i hope you have a, a great evening my friend you too but you have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson, and you guys know what to do. Tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V. T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.